Welcome to the podcast of Dr. Jeff R. Steele. Dr. Steele is the senior pastor of Redeeming Grace Church of Coleman, Alabama. He's a conference speaker, owner of the Christian music group The Steels, and an award-winning singer and songwriter. Now, here's Dr. Steele. And I want to ask you if you would to turn in your Bibles to the Gospel of Luke chapter 23. Luke chapter 23, and we want to read one verse of text, verse 26. Man, you always get me singing big high songs right before it's time to preach. It's a wonder I don't lose more weight. Luke chapter 23 and verse 26, here's what the Bible says. Jesus has now been summarily given up by his own people. The Bible says that Pilate even offered them a proven jailed inmate in exchange for Jesus. Why, if they would only say, yeah, give us Barabbas, he deserves to die. But when faced with the decision as to whether to crucify Barabbas or whether to crucify Jesus, they said crucify Jesus. And now Jesus is on his way to the cross, bearing his own cross. And verse 26 says, and as they led him away, as he is moving up the hill, carrying his own cross, he fell under the weight of it. And they laid hold upon, get this, one Simon, a Cyrenian, coming out of the country, and on him they laid the cross that he might bear it for a little while in the stead of Jesus. Jesus has been through it, ladies and gentlemen. This false mockery of a trial where False charges were brought against him where he was exchanged, offered in exchange for a proven jailed criminal, and they said, no, we want Jesus crucified. They had laid him on the whipping post and across his back 39 times they had come with an instrument of execution meant to be called a cat of nine tails. There was one handle and nine strips of leather, and intertwined on those nine strips of leather were pieces of metal in varying sizes and shapes. And they didn't lay the whip across him and lift it out of his back. They laid the whip across him and pulled it out of his back. 39 times he was lashed because 40 would kill a man. They didn't want him to die there. They wanted him to die publicly. And on the cross. So 39 times they laid that whip across his back. And ladies and gentlemen, Jesus Christ was beaten so badly that the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 52, I believe it is, that he was unrecognizable as a human being. So badly had he been beaten with the fists of men. So badly had his, his body been torn apart with the cat of nine tails. So badly has he been beaten that he's not recognizable as a human. In fact, historians tell us he was beaten so badly his internal organs, like his kidneys, were hanging on the outside of his body. And now he's told to carry his own cross to the top of Calvary's mountain. 
And as he is carrying that cross, the weight of that cross, which not only bore the weight of the wood that came from the tree that fashioned the cross, but it bore, the Bible says, the sins of the whole world, yours and mine. He finally collapsed under the weight of the cross. He couldn't go any further. And when he could no longer carry the cross, the Bible says, one Simon, a Cyrenian, was compelled into duty by those soldiers. Hey, all they're trying to do is get their job done. They want to get the one that is to be executed to the top of the mountain. That's all they want. They want to make sure he makes it to the top of that mountain with that cross intact and still alive so they can nail his hands and feet to the cross. But he fell down. He could no longer carry the cross. And they laid on one Simon's back, the cross, and said, here, you carry the cross for a while. Here's what you may not know about Simon, this one Simon. He has come from somewhere between 800 and 1,000 miles away. On foot or on beast, he has traveled for days and weeks and months to be in Jerusalem for the Passover. The Passover, please understand, it wasn't just a religious gathering. It was like the county fair. Vendors barked out popcorn, peanuts. They had their places where people could come and purchase what they'd like to have. I know we went to the Coleman Christmas Parade Friday night. We were parked. We'd gone to supper, and we had a perfect place from where to watch the parade. All we had to do was sit in the back of Jason and Kayla's Suburban. There's room for everybody. But Kayla said, oh, down yonder is where all the vendors are. So off we took. Walked about two blocks. Those of you that know Coleman, we walked from Moe's Barbecue Place all the way to the end of the warehouse district. Not a vendor one. No vendors could be found. And by then, I needed something to eat or drink or something, but no vendors. Jason looks at me and he said, I don't see any vendors, do you? I said, no. I said, there's rumors deadly. I guess that's a vendor, but they're closed. But at the Passover, there were vendors everywhere selling T-shirts, any kind of good you can imagine. They were selling those things at the Passover. And Simon had heard about the Passover all his life. He said, if I don't do anything else, I'm going to the Passover. And some 800 to 1,000 miles he has traveled to be in this place. Let me talk to you a little bit about Simon. You see what the Bible calls him? Not Simon. Because in that day, Simon was as common a name as is David or John today. There were lots of Simons in that day. But the Scripture goes out of its way to call him one Simon. It's as if God wants to let him know, I know all of the Simons, but I want you to understand, buddy, I know you. Specifically, I know you. I know every hair on your head. I have them numbered. Your name is carved into my hand. 
I know every time your heart beats, I know every time your heart skips a beat, Simon, I know you. I know all the Simons, but to me, you are one particular, specific Simon. There's not another one like you, and I'm the only one that knows it. There may be somebody here today, and you don't think you matter to God. You don't think God gives two thoughts about you. You think God gave up on you years ago. You think God forgot who you were. You think God forgot where you were. You think God forgot all about you. I have come to tell you today, whether you're sitting on this side on my far right, this or left, this side on my far right, or anybody here in the middle, I'm telling you today, God knows you. God knows your address. God knows your phone number. God knows where you are, and God knows who you are. There may be a lot of people with your name today, but God knows you. God knew who this one Simon was, and God knows you today. One Simon, not any Simon. God knows them all, but this one Simon, God had chosen for this job of carrying the cross of his only begotten son. Something else I want you to notice about Simon. He was a Cyrenian. You say, where is Cyrene? Cyrene is modern-day Libya. That was Cyrene. Modern-day Libya. You know what that tells us? He was a black man. This one Simon was a black man. He was a minority. God chose a minority to carry the cross of Jesus Christ. Quite simply today, you may not feel like anything but a minority. Nobody likes you. Nobody cares. You've been pushed to the back. Others get the important jobs while you sit there and get overlooked time and time again. You may not be a minority as we define a minority, but you sure feel like one. God chose a minority, a black man in Israel to carry the cross of Jesus Christ. You may feel like a minority today. You may feel like you've been overlooked today. You may feel like you've been put down and cast out. You may feel like nobody cares, but listen, God cares. God cares about you. Remember, God knows you. God knows your address. God knows your phone number. He knows how many hairs you have on your head. God knows you to the innermost parts of your being and God chose a minority to carry the cross of Christ. What might God be speaking to you today? I'll tell you one thing God's telling us there. God called a minority, a black man, to carry the cross of Christ. You know why? Because red and yellow, black and white, no matter what your silly prejudices might be, they are all precious in the sight of God. God loves everybody. God loves anybody. Christ died for everybody, and God chose a minority, a black man from modern-day Libya to carry the cross of Jesus Christ. Something else I want you to notice about him. This was his first time ever to come to Jerusalem. How do you know that, Jeff? I know that because they didn't have jet airplanes. They didn't even have prop planes. They didn't have cars. He either walked there or he sat on the back of a camel and came there on the back of a beast of burden. It was his first time in Jerusalem. You may be here today. Listen, 
It's like this every week. You may be here today, and it's your first time to ever be at Redeeming Grace Church. And now you're sitting here, and through all of this music and worship and praise, and now you don't really know what's going on, but you feel a tugging at your heart. But you say, I'm going to rationalize this. It can't be the Holy Spirit speaking to me. This is my first time. Do you understand today? The Scripture is clear on this. We don't get to come be saved anytime we want to. The Scripture says we can only come and be saved when the Holy Spirit draws us. Do you understand there are really very few times in your life where you're ever going to be called to come to Christ? Very few times are you going to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit say, come and be saved. And this is your first time. You've never been here before. You've never heard this kind of preaching before. You've never heard this kind of singing. You've never been in this kind of atmosphere before. But you say, it's my first time. Maybe I'll wait till next time or the next time or the next time. This may be the only time. It may be your first time. But if you hear the voice of God calling you today to come and be saved, to make your life right with God today, to answer some call of God today, don't blow it just because it's your first time. First time ever for one Simon to be in Jerusalem, but he heard the call of God, carry the cross of Christ, and he did what God said. This may be your first time. You may have never been here. You may have never been in church, but don't make an excuse that you're not going to come because it's your first time today. Also, I want you to understand this was a divine appointment. For Simon and maybe for you, this was a divine appointment appointment. He's come 800 to 1,000 miles to Jerusalem. Think about that. Along the way, the long roads, the many days and months and maybe even a year or so that he traveled to get to Jerusalem. What if he went in the Starbucks coffee shop and stayed longer than he planned to? He might have missed it because he stayed there too long. Or he might have made it because he stayed there too long. But it's a divine appointment. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. God is in control of everything. He's watching every step you take, and God is maneuvering your life so that someday you're going to be in the right place at the right time to answer the call of God to come and carry the cross of Christ. It was a divine appointment. Every step he took, every stop he made, every time he passed by somewhere that he could have gone and didn't go in, every one of them were steps that were ordered by the Lord on this divine appointment that he has in Jerusalem. He's going to be in this very spot. He's not going to be over there. He's not going to be over there. He's not going to be up there. He's not going to be back there. He's going to be right at this very spot when Jesus fell under the weight of the cross and the soldiers looked and saw him immediately because as a part of a divine appointment, God has him in the right place at the right time. This very spot. Please notice, too, he didn't want to do it. He didn't come to Jerusalem and say, I can't wait to get to Jerusalem. I'm going to carry the cross of Christ. That never came to his mind. That never came out of his mouth. He didn't want to do it. How do I know that? Because the scripture says they compelled him. 
The soldiers said, get underneath the weight of this cross and carry it for him. He didn't want to do it. Do you know how many things in my life I have not wanted to do that God told me to do? Do you know what you're supposed to do when God tells you something and you don't want to do it? What you're supposed to do when God calls you to do something and you don't want to do it, you're supposed to get up on your feet and do it anyway. He didn't want to do it. Maybe there's something today you don't want to do. Do you know how simple it is to fulfill the call of God on your life today? Just get up and do it. Simon, one Simon, he didn't want to carry the cross of Christ, but he did it. Sometimes it's nothing more to enjoy the blessing of God than to overcome your own will and your own flesh and your own needs and your own wants. Sometimes the only thing that's necessary for you to enjoy the blessing of God right now is to just do what he told you to do. Let me tell you something else about Simon, this one Simon. God knew him. God knew everything about this one Simon. Yes, he was a minority. God chooses minorities sometimes. Yes, it was his first time to come to Jerusalem, but he did what God told him to do on the first time anyway. He didn't say, I'll catch it next time I come. I want to make sure I like the preacher okay. I want to make sure the people are really friendly. I want to make sure all these small groups are really what they say they're going to be. No, he didn't say any of that. He just did what God told him to do and what these soldiers told him to do. It was a divine appointment. He didn't want to do it. And look, it was the last chance he would ever have to do it. He's not coming back. It's an 800 to 1,000 mile trip with no means of modern transportation. He's not coming back. He made his once in a lifetime trip to Jerusalem to the Passover and it's soon to end. It was his last chance to do what God was calling him to do, and that was to carry the cross of Christ. Listen to me, friend. You say, I don't want to come today because it's my first time. I don't want to come today because I've never been here before. I don't want to come today till I get more information about this particular place. Hush, this may be your last opportunity. You may never have another chance to do what God is calling you to do. You may never, like Simon, have the opportunity to carry the cross of Christ ever again. Do what you have to do today. The Bible says today is the day and now is the time to be saved. I say today is the day and now is the time to do whatever it is God's calling you to do. Some big decision in your life, something you've been thinking about forever. This could be the last chance you'll ever have to make it right with God. This was Simon's last chance and he took the cross of Christ and carried it for a while up Calvary. Now listen, I got one more question and I'm through. I want to know, and I want to see a show of hands today. And don't just do this. No, I want, when, I, when you raise your hand, if you do, I want you to leave it up there a minute so I can see it and so others can see it. How many of you ever had somebody in your life ask you to do something for them? You said yes. You gave of your time, you gave of your effort, you gave maybe of your money, and you did everything within your power to help them meet the need they told you they had. 
And then that same person who asked for your help and you gave it, you needed something from them. And you went to ask them for the same kind of help they asked you for, but when you went to ask them, they were nowhere to be found. How many, how many have had that happen? Wow, it's about what I thought. Everybody, just about. They asked you for help that you could give and you did it. When you needed their help, they were nowhere to be found. Well, let me ask you something. Here's Jesus. He's been beaten till he cannot be recognized as a human. His internal organs are literally hanging out of his body. And yet, when he needs somebody to carry the cross, they had to get a stranger from another country in northern Africa, a black man from 800 to 1,000 miles away. They had to get a stranger to do that for Jesus. Where's Peter? Why couldn't Peter carry the cross? Where's James? Why can't he carry the cross? The Bible says when he was arrested, all of the disciples forsook him and fled. They left. They caught the first train out of town. Yet John was there, but he was taking care of Mary, the mother of Jesus. John was there, but he had other duties he was tending to. Where's Peter? Where's James? Where is Jairus? Man, when you needed Jesus, it was because your daughter was dying and you went to him and bowed down before him and said, oh, please come to my house and help my daughter. And Jesus did it. He raised her from the dead. Where is Jairus, the ruler of the synagogue? Why can't he carry the cross? What about the woman with the issue of blood who crawled on her hands and knees through the crowd? She'd been sick for 12 years. She touched the hem of his garment and was immediately made well. Where's that woman? Why can't she beckon for somebody to come and help bear the weight of the cross? Where is the widow at Nain's son? He was collapsed dead in a coffin, and they're toting him on their shoulders to the graveyard. And Jesus came by and lifted him from the casket, out of the casket, back to life again. Where, where's he? Where's he? For that matter, John chapter 11 verse 5 says, Jesus loved Lazarus and his sisters, Mary and Martha. Where's Lazarus? He was dead for four days, wrapped up in grave clothes, and Jesus came and raised him from that grave. Where's Lazarus? Where are the 5,000 men and their wives and children who were fed with five barley loaves and two fish? Where are they? Maybe twenty to 25,000 people. Jesus fed them when they were hungry. Where are they? Where are the thousands Jesus taught the Beatitudes in the Sermon on the Mount? Where are they? Where are all the people who said, Oh, Master, we got to hear you. Oh, Master, my daughter's sick. Oh, Master, I've been sick for 12 years. Oh, Master, I'm dead. I need to be alive. Where are these people? Why can't they help him carry the cross? Because quite frankly, when they needed his help, he was there with all of his power, with all of his majesty, with all of his miracles. He did for them, and now they don't even dignify him with their presence when he needs them. to do for him.
Well, if Jesus Christ was here today and he were to tell me he had some bad feelings against people that he invested in and did for because he did for them, yet none of them did for him. You know what I'm telling him? I tell him it's all right, brother. Because no matter who doesn't show up when you need them, no matter who got your help when they needed you, I know what's coming because I've read the Bible. And no matter how many of them deserted you, they cannot stop your resurrection. Somebody didn't even hear me. I would say, Jesus, don't worry about it. Turn it loose. Let it go. They cannot stop your resurrection. There's some of you today, you don't know it's coming, but just around the corner is your resurrection. I remember one night, answered the phone, Tony Graves on the other end lost his job. I said all I could from my own personal experience, but Tony, it didn't matter whether they helped you or not, they couldn't stop your resurrection. It was coming. They couldn't stop. Chris Brooks, you sat in the old church with me and Sherry and had a story that was so sad it would have made the angels cry. Didn't have a job. Now you got three. You know why? Because it didn't matter what they said. They couldn't stop your resurrection. There's nobody that can stop your resurrection. God is fixing to do something in your life that you've never seen before and like you could have never imagined. And hang on to it. Turn loose of the bad feelings against those who have turned their back on you. Get rid of all the bad thoughts from all the people that have turned their backs on you. Turn it loose because there's a resurrection coming in your life. Something great is around the corner and they can't stop it no matter how far away they go. They cannot stop. Your resurrection. If you'd like to contact Dr. Steele, you can go to his website at jeffrsteele.com. If you'd be interested in Dr. Steele coming to speak or having the Steeles minister at your next event, there's a booking inquiry form there. You may also call the office at 256-590-2068.